Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings, welcome in. Wednesday is here. It's uh, midday of the week, and it is September 13th, 2023. Heck, it's almost midday of the month at this point. Uh, almost two full weeks into the month of September. We're starting out today at 52 degrees in the capital city, and on this Wednesday, we got a good busy show for you. Uh, a little bit later this hour, Officer Chad will be in, talk to the cop, and uh, look forward to visiting with him. We brought a lot of his colleagues uh, a bunch of cookies there with the... Uh, First one for the heroes, uh, uh, just a little bit ago. Yeah, and we did link make one sure for the to. Uh, I'm sorry, it's the first one I meant. Link one for the heroes, and we did uh, make sure to let them. He wasn't there. All. I was disappointed. So we, we we told all of them that they were earmarked explicitly not for officer right. chat. So uh, we'll see if he got any. Uh, we'll see if his colleagues followed our advice or not. <laughs> we'll talk to him at uh, about five fifty, a little after five fifty. Excuse me, 6.50, 5.50 for those of you in the Mountain Time Zone. This morning during the 7 o'clock hour central, it is what chaps your hide Wednesday. It is uh, your opportunity to tell us about that little thing that seems to be driving you nuts that maybe nobody else wants to hear about. Get it off your chest, feel a little bit better. Text in the things that are chapping your hide right now if you'd like to at 402-479-1400. Uh, and then a little bit later, we'll take your calls as well. So I have a Facebook post up at facebook.com slash LNK. Today and then later in the show, it is the return today. It has been, I don't know what, four or five months-ish since Maestro Ed Polichick has been in studio with us, but fall is here, so to speak, and that means Lincoln Symphony Orchestra season is getting back going once again, and we are going to have Maestro Ed and one of the guest performers in with the Lincoln Symphony Orchestra today at 8.10. If you've never heard one of those interviews, whether you're big into symphony, uh, classical music or not, uh, Ed's a character, and you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna hear what he's got to say. Uh, it's nice. It's always nice because, like I've said for years, I just ask one question and then I can leave, go get a coffee, take a little nap. It's re- it's my favorite interview of the year. Always, you, you know, as, nice. as as you have, uh, as as you're doing a lot of stuff with Podcast House. Yes. Which, by the way, fantastic week for, for Volleyball State to drop after, yes. after last yeah, night. Yeah, if but. you haven't yet checked out Volleyball State on Podcast House, it's our new podcast uh, with Jeff Sheldon and Lincoln Arneal. And it's if you like Nebraska volleyball and you want some actual coverage and analysis of volleyball that you're not getting from any other media outlet outside, I think, of what John Baylor's doing and John Cook's doing, um, which we also have here. Mm-hmm. Check out podcasthousemedia.com. Well, you, Thank you. Yeah, you've got that. And then obviously everything that goes on with Lincoln Business Beat and what Mark Vale does there. Maestro needs a needs needs a podcast. Ooh, he should. That's actually not a bad <laughs> idea. Maybe I'll have to propose that to him here <laughs> while he's here. Because yeah. you you could set every one of them up. That's true. One, one of us just walks in, asks him a question. It's called One Question with Maestro Ed Polichick. <laughs> we ask one question, we start the recording, it's, we walk out. It's a two-hour and 30-minute podcast <laughs> that drops weekly. I think daily. Uh, so we'll have him. And then uh, John Bishop is going to join us at 835, and we will take stock of uh, where Nebraska football is going into northern Illinois, where we've got a lot of questions still about 
um, not only how the Huskers are going to come off these two losses, but exactly who's going to be on the field on mm-hmm, Saturday mm-hmm. as well. So we'll jump into all that. So we are a packed, very busy show. Uh, we welcome in Mark Vale, who's got a uh, who's been working in the KLIN newsroom this morning. As always, good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? Oh, hanging in there. Can you? I know you did it in the newscast, but can you uh, tell us a little bit more about what we know about this bus crash near Palmyra? I know you you touched on it here, but uh, could we just kind of drop back and give everybody the details of what happened on this from the beginning? Well, it uh, was a school bus westbound on Highway Two east of Palmyra, uh, going to. It was slowing down to turn into a driveway. Uh, I would imagine to pick up some kids. Uh, was struck from the backside by a westbound pickup caused the bus to go into the ditch and roll onto its side and nine students both drivers transported to the hospital one admitted they all went to brian west that's the trauma center but only only one person admitted we don't know whether it was a student or a driver at this point uh and uh, the investigation continues uh it carried students from uh i believe palmyra and bennett so Okay, so when when we're saying highway two, we mean the new Beltway, right? Is that correct? No, no it's east, it's 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 on, past that. It's yeah, it's east of Bennett and two miles. It would connect east of, up to that. So it's yes. so the the old Beltway or the new Beltway. I still have to get my bearings with how the, all of this stuff works because I haven't been out that far on that. Um, out fo- that that far to I guess would be the east on that. So it eventually connects back up with quote-unquote the old highway too right yes as you and go further probably, I've ne- and i've never been there so never this is probably oh, probably 10 miles east of that connection eight to ten okay two miles east of palmyra okay palmyra the first burg that you get to when you get back on old highway two or the right is bennett right and then to, then to the east is palmyra right yep and, I, and i've been by those i just had to uh, remember understand get my thoughts straight on exactly how that works now that you've got things sort of adjusted with the with the beltway uh and new highway two that's going on there so i and yeah and i don't even I've, I've driven down that lots of times um but we, we think maybe bus so it's possible the bus just pulls up on the highway and drops kids off there no it was turning into a driveway. turning into a driveway gotcha slowing down gotcha. in order to make the turn all right thank you and, all right uh, but man, scary situation for all you know, all the families and and kids that are involved. Kids age five, fourteen, like you said, uh, on that bus. It's but, no, it's no fun having a school bus in an accident. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, obviously. Why do you say that? I mean, I I, um, I agree, but what? Tell me why you say that more pers- than that. Personal experience. Yeah. Way oh, back when. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, I can't imagine. Can't imagine. Um, but glad to. Glad to hear we're talking about minor injuries, non-life-threatening injuries, even with the drivers that we've got as well. So hopefully it's going to be okay, other than the, obviously, trauma that goes along with something like that yeah, as well. The students were all reunited with their parents. and uh, But then also think about the, the efforts that went into it from first responders. This happened in Otto County, but they, uh, you know, the mutual aid, where they called in LFR uh, rescue units, Bennett, Fire and Rescue, I believe, also there. Uh, Otto County Sheriff, you had the State Patrol. They're the lead agency as far as the accident itself. But then think about what happens when you hear uh, a school bus accident with multiple injuries and you announce that in a trauma center. Right, yes. The things that have to be uh, geared up, uh, in this case, at Brian West. Yes, yeah, completely agree, completely agree. Um, and then I want to talk about one of your other 
uh, stories that you had there, uh, both at Stop the News and at KLIN.com. So it sounds like we're going to have a new committee helping the process of the potential of getting a convention center in Lincoln, if I'm understanding yep. this right, which that process was already a ways down the track to the point that they were taking a look at identified locations for this thing and have been for a couple of months, right? Yeah, I think they identified five potential, and, and now it's to the point of where they need to actually have this working group that looks at the governing organization, um, you know, finalizing a consulting firm and, and narrowing down the potential sites, so... Okay, I, but a lot of it is it has to do with the governing uh, organization. I mean, it's it, I would say it's akin to the uh, joint public agency on PBA, for example. Okay, it, which is something that is ongoing now that right. it's been built, right? Too that just kind of helps manage it. Essentially, well, it, 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 it has a group from a person from all of the entities that are involved in it. Well, it's actually the governing group that has tax uh, authority. Yes, uh, yeah, that's, authority. it's a taxing entity, correct? And, yeah. And so, you know, a convention center like this would have to probably be able to, uh, you know, levy some taxes in order to take care of the uh, construction and then the maintenance until such time as it uh, funds itself. So, this is the uh, the group. A lot of representation from the legislature, from the governor's office. Um, the some city businesses. We've also got, uh, I believe, uh, yeah, the mayor was was there as well. So okay, now the county board, Sean right. Flowerday from the county boards there. So, got people from floods and uh, floods office as well. Uh, yeah. Congressman floods office, I should say. So. I realize that there's a lot of process still to play out, but how long until Sandhills Global is the title sponsor? <laughs> That's a good question. But uh, I, I guess the the one question I had is. Is it feels like this thing was already kind of going down the track, and sort of it feels like, oh man, now it feels like we got a whole other level of red tape on this whole thing. Now maybe that's not the case. Maybe this was always the plan, and this was the next logical step for this whole thing. But they had kind of gotten this far without a multi-tiered committee that was involved in this whole thing, and wait, so it does wait. make you wonder how long, how, how long this whole thing's going to take. I kind of looked at the everything that's been done so far was done more by an ad hoc group that was kind of headed up by Visit Lincoln, Downtown Lincoln Association, right. uh, Chamber, Chamber, yeah. and, and and all of those uh, entities, along with the mayor and the, the county commission. Uh, but then when uh, the legislature got into it, uh, Senator Wishart and uh, Senator Bostar both were supportive of some state funding. That didn't happen, but right, they were supportive right. of that. So. Uh, now with that possibility, uh, you really got to put some kind of formal, uh, as I understand it, group together to actually take the lead on it. Yes. So that's my understanding. I could be, uh, no, way off, but no, I think you're right. I, I, I think you're right on this whole thing. It was just like, I heard, I was like committee. I was like, oh man, how long is, how long, how long is this going to take? By the way, just a, a reminder, some of the sites that they were looking at, uh, the former Journal Star Production Building, 9th and Q, uh, Midwest Steel at 8th and N, a site that's adjacent um, a little bit further to the south and east to the Cornhusker, uh, and then the post office. That's the one that uh, seems to be getting the most right. uh, preferred. It's right next to PBA. Uh, it's not getting uh, a lot of love 
from the Postal Service. Right. That, according to uh, well, Congressman Mike Flood, who is uh, pushing that issue yeah. forward. I was going to say, it's interesting. You got a member of Flood's staff on this uh, on this committee, too, and he had kind of been front and center in the whole post office issue, which is kind of interesting. Right. And so. and then that was one of the, the discussions that was on the Lincoln Business Beat a, a week or so ago mm-hmm. about... Uh, possibly, you know, if the post office were to move, uh, an ideal site for that would be where the current state penitentiary is, and then you could move, oh. then you could move that Edgewood oh. office, post office. It's down there at what is it, Tenth uh, and uh, about Arapaho, yeah, in there. That could be, uh, you know, converted to uh, something else and and move that all into a distribution center. Uh, I love that idea. I don't think they're giving up that penitentiary though. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of ground there that's still that's, available i and, gotcha and if gotcha. penitentiary is no longer a prison you can right. quite a bit so that was one i of, love that idea that's one of the things that uh you know has has hit the discussion so man i think that's a great idea frankly to well, better use multiple properties within the city of lincoln sure yeah uh, now that's state ground but you know that's true how about you know swapping some more ground yeah uh, let's go know, they, they've got a, a habit of doing that let's when, go uh, when the need arises that's true need to build another prison maybe we can find some more land on the outskirts of town north of the interstate for you on that thing and then the one i didn't mention by the way as we were going through those locations uh, i think there's one of the uh, telegraph district on the east side of downtown that they're looking at but i agree with what mark says is uh, what mark said is it already feels like, and I don't know, maybe this committee will change this, but it already feels like that a lot of people have identified that post office one as the one that makes the most sense. Well, um, it's, it's got the infrastructure primarily already there. It's uh, The location is good. You've got hotels. Several, you've got hotels. Hotels, hotels, hotels. And, yeah. and hotels within walking distance, and, and you can set up you know, probably skyways. I, I don't pretend to know all of the details. Yeah, but, no, but it, I, I, under, I understand why people are gravitating toward that would not that you know i mean the journal star production building isn't really far from there either that's kind of in the same general area so. right just not quite as easy to get to on surface right. streets so. right the old journal star production building again that is would be a ninth and q so there you go uh, uh then the big story at yes. least i think this is a big story uh, i talked with uh, uh captain max hubka this morning a bunch of counterfeit bills spread yes, around the city to to um, yesterday afternoon Eight to ten businesses hit yesterday afternoon between wow. one and six. Fake uh, twenty and hundred dollars come in, buy a small amount, uh, pass off a counterfeit bill, and leave with legit cash as change. Uh, they've uh, they've got two suspects, two black males, twenty to thirty years old. They're wearing COVID style masks, but uh, eight to ten businesses hit just in a short period yesterday afternoon. So businesses being urged to use caution and double check if you get some. Okay. Straight. I'll ask Chad this when he comes in, but like, and I'm sure it varies depending on the counterfeit bill you're talking about, but like, how quickly would the three of us realize that we are being passed one of these counterfeit bills, I wonder, or would we at all? Like, how convincing are they, I wonder? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a counterfeit bill, like, that's actually intended I, I, to be a counterfeit bill. I have not. I've just seen pictures of yeah. it. Well, and, and when I worked in retail, you you didn't think twice about anything 20 or smaller. Right. It, it was if you got a fifty or larger, then you took out the little the special pen or, and did all the yeah, things you're supposed to do. I've seen people do that, but, but. Tw- twenty or under, especially if you if you get it and it looks used, yeah, you you don't think twice who's, about who's it. making counterfeit ones. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the federal government. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! 
boom, <laughs> boom. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see some of those. But yeah, it's a good point, Mark. It sounds like there's a lot of them uh, that kind of exploded there in one spot or one city here. Ex- at different actually, businesses. And, and he said it's happened all. It was down south. It was the 27th in Cornhusker. Really? It wasn't one area. It's a lot of the, the strip mall type things where you've got multiple businesses. So they get into two oh. or three of them in one stop. So. Don't suspect me of it. I never have cash. It's always, I'm trying to get the stupid tap to pay thing to work, which I couldn't yesterday. Embarrassing as usual, but nonetheless. Uh, and then Nebraska Volleyball went in and took care of business at yeah, Stanford baby. against another top five team, a team that they've struggled to beat for 14 years, haven't been able to beat for 14 years, and they go do it on Stanford's home court and look pretty dang impressive doing mm-hmm. it too so yeah, extremely impressive we'll have more on that a little bit later but caleb will get into that in a sports cast which is coming up next right now 52 degrees in the capital city it is 625 on klin get the facts and stay ahead of the game i like to hear what's going on around the world your trusted source for news and information 1499.3 klin a look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a one hundred dollar prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, it is time for you to text in a keyword if you would like to, and maybe get yourself a pick in fantasy Huskers. That could net you free gear, free pizza, Alumni Hall, and Valentino's. Here's what you do. Caleb's about to give you a word. I'm going to spell it for you. Then you're going to text in the word that I spelled to 402-479-1400. If you want to, you'll be entered into, uh, I say drawing, but it's just a random selection, uh, to get a pick with that keyword, and then you'll make the pick on when Nebraska scores their first touchdown against Colorado. We'll text you back if you are selection, and you can make the pick via text. It's very simple, and then you have a little something extra to ride and a little something extra to cheer for during the game. So, Caleb, what is our word for today? DeKalb. DeKalb, as in it's, ooh, it's, yeah, the home of Northern Illinois. Yeah. D-E-K-A-L-B. Yes. DeKalb. Got, Got it. it. Oh, Perfect. I didn't want to lose my streak in week three. That was worried. It's D Caleb, but you take out the, the is, last Is the eight. K capitalized in that yeah. or not? All right. All right. Huh. All right. Good Lord. Well, what's our uh, what's our pick uh, pick rundown so far here? Yeah. So on Monday, you had a couple people say second quarter, 14.25 and 10 minutes on the clock there. Yesterday, you got a couple in the first quarter, 7.27 on the clock for Brent, 6.40 on the clock for Debbie. Okay. There you go. Uh so, be listening. We will have another one at 8.10 this morning. We do that every day, 6.35, 8.10, roughly, within a give or take a minute or two on each of those. And so, make sure you're at least listening during those two times and get that keyword, text it in, takes no effort, and you could end up with a pick. You'll probably end up with a pick at some point if you're uh, continuing to do this throughout the season and maybe have a shot at winning the package from Alumni Hall and Valentino's. All right, sound off time. Uh, Okay, we'll start in Washington, D.C. Impeachment inquiry from the House on Joe Biden. Every president's getting impeached now going forward, and I'm only saying that half kidding. Uh, But 
GOP is going to start an impeachment inquiry now. What does that mean exactly? Let's find out more. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announcing a formal impeachment inquiry against President Biden, claiming the evidence against his alleged involvement in his son Hunter's deals can no longer be ignored. McCarthy says bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to Biden family members and associates through various shell companies around the globe. Now, the Republicans don't yet have exact direct evidence connecting President Biden to those payments, but they have been gathering that evidence showing payments going to multiple Biden family members. Now, McCarthy also says that messages with Hunter Biden and several foreign associates are also another piece of evidence that connect Biden to his son's business dealings. All right. So what does this mean exactly? So impeachment inquiry. You know, we didn't do this too long ago, so maybe you remember some of it, but investigation of possible wrongdoing by a federal official, in this case, the president of the United States, written into the Constitution, the House of Representatives, if you remember your civics on this, they have the power to impeach. Then the Senate has the ability, and only the Senate has the ability to convict and remove an individual from office, which actually has never happened because the uh, president president nixon resigned in 1974 as the house was taking their vote on articles against him uh and as you recall uh president trump was able to get enough votes from the senate in both of his impeachment hearings to not be uh to not be convicted on the impeachment charges so why is this happening exactly well depends what what media that you've been listening to recently how far and what you know or think on this exactly but Republicans have been investigating Biden and his son. Uh, they've been claiming that they engage in an influence peddling scheme, um, kind of echoing what Trump had said in the past about that. Uh, there's been this focus on a tip that's been unverified to the FBI that alleged a bribery scheme involving Biden when he was vice president. That claim, which emerged in 2019, was part of Trump's first impeachment. The whole Ukraine thing relates to the allegation Biden pressured Ukraine to Ukraine, I should say, to fire its top prosecutor in order to stop an investigation into Burisma, which was the company where Hunter Biden was on the board. Democrats are saying, "Hey, Justice Department already got into this. They looked at this. They closed the matter at eight after eight months. Said there was insufficient evidence." On this whole thing as well. Democrats are saying there are other countries who are wanting this happen. They thought he was corrupt. Um, and then you've got a business partner of Hunter Biden's who's testified to Congress that they say that this allegation is untrue. But nonetheless, they're going forward with lines of inquiry relating to this, including ways that Hunter used the Biden brand to advance business with foreign uh, clients as well. So that gives you a little bit of idea of what's behind this whole thing. Does it mean that Biden will actually be impeached? Not necessarily. I, I mean, I guess for the ones where they've gone this far, it has happened in recent history, at least. But um, we'll see how carefully Republicans tread on this and its political, given its political implications that go on for this. But as you again, you probably recall that to impeach Biden, House would have to approve at least one impeachment charge against him. That requires a majority vote. Uh, an impeachment inquiry can also be closed without those being charged. So there you go. Uh, we'll see what kind of, it, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a question of how much evidence there is or is not in this whole thing. McCarthy's asked uh, Comer, House Member Comer, to take the lead on this thing, working with Jordan uh, and Jason Smith, both Republicans, one from Ohio, one from Missouri. 
Uh, there hasn't necessarily been a vote to launch the inquiry. He McCarthy basically announced this, and that's not required by the Constitution either. And, uh, you know, I don't know in terms of the numbers that you've got in the House whether you can do this. I think there are some Republicans that are opposed to launching this in the House, saying there's insufficient evidence here. Uh, you know the numbers are tight in the House at this point. And after this inquiry is complete, what normally would happen is the House would have the Judiciary Committee uh, to hold hearings and then potentially draft impeachment charges. No rules on how long this lasts, by the way. Uh, Could be a few months, could be a year. Um, Only deadline would be the end of the Congress, which is what, January of the very beginning of January Mm -hmm. of 2025 for this whole thing. And so... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this stretches, they'll they'll take their time on this, and this thing stretches into the election season of 2024, and it could be going on right. I mean, listen, if you believe there's there's some some level of political utility to this whole thing, it wouldn't surprise me then if you get into the real crux of it in, I don't know, about October of 2024, perhaps. We'll see. We will see on that whole thing. So hopefully that's a little bit of a primer on all the issues around this. I real listen. I realize everybody everybody hates Biden or hates Trump. So you know <laughs> that's probably it's either one or the other. Whichever camp you're in, you you already know what you think on everything. So anyway, just go ahead and do that. But I thought I'd give you a little of the facts that are going on here with this whole thing. Uh, all right. Do I have any other politics ones before we can move on to anything else? Yeah, a couple of them here. Uh, let's do this. Uh, so they're talking AI in the Senate again, which is always very concerning to me, but they're bringing in a big forum. They're bringing in the big wigs from the tech world again to talk to the Senate about AI. Some of the biggest names in tech will head to Capitol Hill today with a guest list that includes Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. It will be the Senate's first AI insight forum, which will be led by Senate leader Chuck Schumer and Republican Mike Rounds. The Senate has made AI and how to regulate it a priority over the last few months, including holding a couple of senators-only briefings. Some members of Congress see AI as a great opportunity for human discovery in areas like cancer research, while others have raised concerns about the impact it could have on disinformation and jobs. On Capitol Hill, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. All right, that I'm sure will be interesting with that cast of characters that they are bringing in there. Meanwhile... Google is facing charges that they've created a monopoly based on where their search engine is available and where other search engines are not available, and they could end up having a judgment against them for this very soon. Google has long been king of the search engine, with an estimated 9 out of 10 Internet users relying on it. But now the U.S. Justice Department will spend the next 10 weeks in D.C. federal court trying to prove Google is an illegal monopoly. They say Google's deals with Apple and Mozilla to be the default search in the Safari and Firefox browsers essentially elbows out Microsoft's Bing and other smaller ones like Yelp. Google denies it's violating any antitrust laws. Eben Brown, Fox News. Yeah, when is Ask Jeeves going to get a chance again, right? Finally, finally, the Justice Department speaking up for Ask Jeeves to become the great search engine that we all knew it would be. When is Excite and Alta Vista going to be? I thought we were all using Bing now. 
Well, they said Bing is the one that no. That's the thing. Microsoft is frustrated. Bing's the one that's ticked off more than anyone because Mozilla, Apple, they go out, they sign deals with Google, basically to make it the default browser or the default search engine. So if you type up in the URL yeah. window a search, it just goes automatically to Google. And so those are deals that Google has signed with with these mm-hmm. companies. Essentially, you can still go down in your on your phone on your on your uh safari browser yeah and type in bing.com yeah and search through bing but if you type up i think this if i'm understanding what it is but if you type it up in the url box and you're searching something it's going to use google on that instead and so, so my question becomes then like how exactly is that monopolizing it if you're if it's still available right that's that's one of the things that's going to be a question in this whole thing but i mean i i'm beginning to think that if if Google keeps signing these deals, we're not even going to use Alta Vista anymore <laughs> at some point. That That's the fear. What was there? There was another one. Do you guys remember the other one? This is 20 plus years ago. It was one that's like it told you every day one search was going to win. Somebody was going to win like $10,000 or a, it was like it was iwin.com or ilucky.com or something. All right. I does, looked up a bunch of old ones. Does, do you remember that there one? There was Webcrawler. Webcrawler. Yes. Okay. What else? Lycos. Lycos. Yeah. L-Y-C-O-S. Yes. Uh, Alta Vista. Alta Vista. Excite. Excite. I mentioned that one. <laughs> it lists Yahoo. <laughs> yeah, Yahoo used to. That was. That was a big one. Yahoo uh-huh. was probably the king of search before Google. Dogpile. Dog. I remember that. Yes. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Jump Station. Don't remember that one. Yeah. So what was the one? Somebody help me remember what the one that like gave away a prize to people searching. This is circa 2000. So seriously, 23 years ago. Um, and go- that was just kind of when Google was getting started dominating the search engine games, too. Because like Caleb said, it was Yahoo before that. When I was in college, when I first got... Open Text, Magellan. Magellan, I remember. InfoSeek. InfoSeek, Snap, yes. I don't remember. Direct Snap. Hit. <laughs> Excite was the one was the, it was my in like Hotbot, Hotbot, Overture looks smart. Okay, now you're losing me. Now I'm I'm lost on these. I was an Excite guy circa 1998. Big Excite guy. All right, <laughs> you keep looking for those. I'm all trying to figure okay. out what I was saying. Man, we got a lot on tech. I didn't mean to go all tech today with this thing, but we got a lot of it because Apple had its new uh, had its new rollout of its new product. Caleb, did they add arrow keys to the keyboard this year? Once again, <laughs> for almost the 20th straight year, the answer is no. Apple CEO Tim Cook debuts iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Plus featuring a 48 megapixel main camera and the power of A16 Bionic in a gorgeous new design. No idea iPhone what that means. 15 Pro featuring the device's fastest chip ever and the Apple Watch Series 9, which introduces double tap, allowing folks to tap their index finger and thumb together twice for commands like answering and ending calls. A convenient new way to interact with your watch. And it's our first carbon neutral product. Reiterating environmental initiatives and the company's promise for all devices to have a net zero climate impact by 2030. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. So, am I, if I am understanding this double click is you don't even touch the watch itself. You just hover ab- above it and you do this, I think. Oh, you don't, I, you I, don't I, double tap the yeah, screen? Yeah, it's not like a double click. It's like you touch your finger and your thumb together. Oh. 
I understand it correct. I don't know. I could be wrong. I hope you don't. I hope, I hope you're not understanding it correct because that looked dumb. Well, I could. You know what? It doesn't matter. It's going to be about 2029 when I get my hand on one of these watches that they're talking about today. I'm proverbial six, proverbially six years behind. I'm surprised you haven't gone all in on the Apple Watch just to do talk to text into your, into I, your wrist. As When they fix the battery life so that it's not one day long... I'll be in on Apple Watch. Until they do that, give me my Fitbit. Until they do that, give me my Fitbit, which I have to take off once every six days. Corey asks if the search engine was Winzy. I thought it was like iWin.com, I want to say. but I could, That sounds like a scam website. I'm, it like might have been. iWin.com. I just had a roommate during my when I lived in Washington, D.C., and he was very big on making sure we searched on that engine because we could win money. So That sounds like someone in California made I, that, that search maybe, engine in 1992 and said, it. I can get people's info. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that was actually a novel idea then, not anymore. <laughs> Last but not least, something I've, I have I have believed for all of my life has been proven out. Almost all of my life has been proven out, Caleb. You know how you'll go. You'll have a cold, right? You had a cold recently. Mm-hmm. And you'll go, especially when it's a head cold and you're congested, you're stuffed up, and you'll go to the cold aisle in the drugstore, uh, the coughing cold aisle in the drugstore. And there is a bazillion products there. There are 15 million kind of decongestants there, and you've got no idea which one to get. You don't know if you need to go behind the counter and get the one that has a D on it. you got to show them your driver's license so they make sure you're not making meth or whatever with the thing. And then then they've got the regular ones. And, and you're like, I don't know if half of these are even doing anything when I take them. I've said that before. Maybe you've said that before. Well, guess what? We were all right. Dozens of over-the-counter oral decongestants use phenylephrine. A panel of government experts votes unanimously that those medicines don't actually do anything to relieve congestion. <laughs> Studies have shown that phenylephrine is no better than a placebo. And based on this advisory panel's recommendation, the Food and Drug Administration could require manufacturers to stop selling those versions. They became popular when older decongestions with pseudoephedrine were moved behind pharmacy counters in yep. 2006 yep. because they can be used to process methamphetamine. Nasal sprays and drops with phenylephrine are not part of this review and could still be sold even if the oral versions are taken off the market. Chris Foster, Fox News. I had doctors who always said, don't even mess with the stuff if it's not behind the counter. And eventually I realized that that was the case. Uh Like, you got to get the meth-making stuff if you wanted to actually make a difference. But I bet I have spent, and I bet a lot of you have spent, hundreds, thousands of dollars on that non-working crap. I want my money back. <laughs> I want my money back. I got sold a lemon of a decongestant. By the way, thanks to a list set from Panhandle Steve, iWon.com I launched won. in 1999, shut down in 2016. 2016? Jeez. <laughs> That's surprising that it lasted that long. Thank you, Panhandle Steve. 654. I'll talk to Chad next on KLIN. Cue the Huskers, home and away. Welcome to KLIN. Now streaming live on your Amazon device and at KLIN.com. I will now connect you to the live stream. They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. All right, 657 LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. So I got to ask Officer Chad something right at the beginning because there are stories about counterfeit bills out again here uh, in the in the city. If I got most of the counterfeit bills that I saw, would I know the difference? 
Um, like the the good, yeah. even the good ones. Yeah. Well, so some of the good ones are actually really good. Some of these folks that that produce these things put a lot of time and effort into them. Um, you've got to look for some of the security marks or the security features on a bill, um, like twenties, fifties, hundreds that. I rarely see, by the way. Um, they have the little holograms. They have the security strips. Um, they have certain things printed on the front and back that if you know to look for. Uh, um, interesting. There's, there's also a lot of people that will print these things on their home computer, and they'll, they'll feel waxy. On, like, printer or, paper? Yes. Well, <laughs> well, they'll try to get yeah. actual paper that it's supposed to be on, but it feels waxy or it's really, really thin. The ones that make me laugh the most... Are the ones that have the bit on the front of the bill? It's printed. This is a movie prop, not legal oh, tender. And you uh, get somebody that just you know they have some rapscallion that comes in and and pays with it, and, and they funny. take it. Uh, I spent way too much long too long sp- talking about decongestant, yelling about it. So what are we working on this week here? Uh, how about stoppers? quick stop at quick stop? Uh, suspect here goes into the quick stop, Forty Eighth and Madison, on a bicycle, uh, face covered. Told the cashier to hand over all the money with his left his hand on his left side, acting like he had a weapon. Uh, got away with a little bit of cash, took off on his bicycle. All I'm right. Sure like to know who that is. All right. And, well, you got me at a loss here because I wasn't prepared either. How yeah. about we do hamburger buns and hash browns quick, and high V? Yeah. Uh, suspect walked into the high V on North 84th and just loaded up their cart and walked out. All right. Check it all out at LincolnCrimeStoppers.com. You can get a reward if you have a helpful tip. Thank you, Chad. I appreciate it. Thank you, Talk gentlemen. to you again soon. 7 o'clock on KLIM Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. It's Wednesday, the middle of the week, and you know what that means. It's time for you to get it off your chest. We call it What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. We offer you an open line. Text line, phone line, Facebook line to tell us that little thing that might come up during your day, during your week. Maybe it's been coming up for years for you and it drives you nuts and it bugs you and you just keep internalizing and thinking about it. And instead, we'd like you to get it out in the open and maybe find some people who are experiencing that same thing. And we talk about what chaps are hide and we have found that it helps everyone just get in a little bit better of a headspace with the experience of just sharing it and, like I said, getting it off your chest. So now's the time to do that. Phone lines are open for two. Actually, they're full for two four seven nine fourteen hundred, but they will be open here in a little bit. Text line is open. That can't be full for two four seven nine fourteen hundred. Or you can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNK today. We got a lot of phone calls, a lot of texts, a lot of Facebook posts. So let's get into this right now. And we're going to start on line one with Mike. Good morning, Mike. What's shopping your hide? Morning, gentlemen. Morning. Morning. Well, I barely, barely, barely had half a tank last night, so I decided to fill up. $53 later, I'm not real happy. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that might happen. And also, what really chapped my hide, though, is I was out of town last week, so not being able to hear two of my favorite radio hosts every morning really bummed me out. Sorry. We are on an app, though. Don't forget. You can get us on oh, your... I know that. But yeah, okay. I didn't get to listen to Brooke and Bick either. <laughs> yeah. uh, good good, good day, guys. Hey, thanks, Mike. Appreciate the love. Thank you very much. 
All right. Uh, by the way, I, th- I assume people know this, but it is worth at least mentioning. We can go to the KLIN app, and you can pull that up on your phone, and you can listen anywhere that you have any kind of Internet signal, no matter what. So if you do go out of town, you want to keep tabs on us, that's a good way to do that. All right, back to the phones, 402-479-1400. Debbie is next. Good morning, Debbie. What's chapping your hide? Good morning, but first off, I have to agree, no matter where I'm at, I have the app on my phone and my iPad, and I listen every morning. Good. You guys I pre- know that. Can you get that play button to work? I have some problems sometimes, <laughs> but hopefully you yeah, don't. I don't, have, I don't have any problems Great. whatsoever. No. Well, I shouldn't have said I anything will. then. All right. Uh, it's just you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Debbie, what do you got? <laughs> well, yes, I have to agree with Mike. I went to get some gas yesterday. Ooh. I had heard what you were saying, and here Mark said, oh, he paid what four forty nine, I believe. Jeez, because he drives premium. Well, yeah, he'll I only also, gets the expensive stuff. It's with wine well, and gas. Mark will only do the expensive <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Well, I will have to agree for the for the gas because I have to put premium in mine as well. So I go to this station. I thought, oh well, good. And the sun's kind of on the on on the uh, the gas thing, and so mm-hmm. I thought, well, this isn't bad. This is for. Nineteen. So mm-hmm. I'm putting it in, and I took another look. I said, "Are you kidding me? It's four seventy nine. I couldn't see that little seven on the top. I've done oh that before. God. I've done that oh, before. Then, oh, the gas is going in, going in, and that. <laughs> there's, here's the, the gauge is going higher and higher and higher. I said, "When is this going to shut off? It finally <laughs> shut off at seventy five dollars. Oh. Are you kidding me? I didn't even know my car was that empty." <laughs> oh, I was. I didn't know it held over sixteen gallons. I thought it only held about thirteen. <laughs> it's growing. Your gas tank I is know. growing as a price. I seriously, got, I looked underneath to make sure it wasn't leaking out <laughs> underneath or running out. I, I have had the experience you have. That. I've had the experience you've had with the one and the seven. They need to light those things up better. They need or something yeah. like that. I I agree. I should have I should have texted Mark and said, "Where did you find the four forty nine? Exactly. Going All right. Uh, Thank you, Debbie. Bye bye. Uh, all right, 402-479-1400, if you want to talk on the phone to us about what's chapping your hide. James is next. Good morning, James. What's chapping your hide? Good morning. morning. Hey, I want to find out how these scoundrels in the grocery store and our produce department continue to get away with this, but apparently the only difference between a watermelon that's regular and a watermelon that's seedless is one has a sticker on it that says seedless, <laughs> and that's it. That's true. Are you really ever seeing the black seeds anymore that we used to when we were a kid in any watermelons? Oh, they're is, in all of them. They're in all of them. Okay. You Oh, the seedless. So you're saying the seedless ones have the black seeds? Yes. Okay. It says seedless on and there. And it's not seedless. It's not full of seeds. Really? Bring that thing back. See, false advertising. Really? That's, That's too bad. Saying. That's too bad. The uh, I, I I'll have to look for that. See, I remember as a kid, they were like, you can't eat the black seeds, but you can eat all you want of the white seeds. I have no idea if that was true, but I grew up believing that on the watermelon seeds. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true. All right, I got you. Thank you very much, James. Right, I got you. Sir. Make sure those watermelons are actually. I actually haven't. So, but I've gotten to be such a watermelon snob. I don't even buy them in the grocery stores yeah. anymore. I just go straight to those produce stands. Mm-hmm. You just because you can't beat them. You can't beat those things. So, and those I've had good luck with seedless. So, um, so that that may be why I haven't experienced what James has. 
All right, 402-479-1400. Let's go to the Facebook post, Facebook page, because Catherine... Oh, jeez, that thing is busy. And Catherine's got a great one to start off with, which I will tell you, I've got a 13-year-old in my house who completely agrees with what Catherine has. She says, all the end camera views during Husker volleyball game. Get rid of the end camera views randomly popping up versus vo- during volleyball. She also says, great win, Huskers, GBR. Catherine, I couldn't agree more. ESPN Stop. had no idea what they were doing. Stop. Stop with the end. I, like, it doesn't... I, I understand. I suppose if you were looking at... If you were re, if I'm watching it a second time, maybe, Caleb, I could see some value in that whole thing. But the depth perception just doesn't work when you're watching as a fan and interested in what's happening in the moment. Yes, it's cool to see some of the moment, I like watching football sometimes from an end zone because you can see plays develop differently, but it is so hard to get depth perception when you're watching volleyball on TV and they're giving you an end line mm-hmm. view. No, is like legitimately, is there anyone asking, is there anybody who watches volleyball who's saying, you know, I like to watch watch about 85% of the points from the regular horizontal view, but make sure for about 15% of them you give me a totally different view on the thing. Yeah. Uh, nobody, sa- nobody is saying that, right? Right, and it's that view should be limited to just replays. Replays are great on it. That's fine. Give me some replays on it. If you feel like you need to justify what you paid for the camera, then use it for replays. Or give me a, give me a replay that I can watch on the app the whole thing from there or something. That might be fun, too. But I am so in agreement with Catherine. And I remember they would do it during the NCAA tournament as well when ESPN started doing the... Because BTN doesn't really do that, I don't think, Caleb. No. When they do, I don't think ever do they do that. But once you get on ESPN, they start doing that, and it drives me crazy. Um, this is crazy. Sandra says, my friend who just moved to Lincoln had both of their vehicles stolen last night. They live in uh, East uh, East High near East High School in the Regency neighborhood. The week before, another friend in a different neighborhood near High School East School caught a few men breaking into dozens of vehicles. They had key fobs to unlock some vehicles. Would try to start them or just steal contents. They seem very organized. As we've got a crackdown on crime in Lincoln, especially. The automobile crime has been a big one that has continued to go up. And somehow these are, they're able to do this. And man, two in one night, though? That's terrible. That's rough. That stinks. Uh, And by the way, real quick, one more volleyball one here uh, before we get to, uh, before we get back to the phones. Marsha says ESPN volleyball announcers cheering on every Stanford point. Can't let Nebraska get too far ahead. Seriously, GPR. I think they, they wanted it to be. A little bit closer because Nebraska really started to put it to them. Yeah. There were a I also noticed a couple times that like they were like super praising Harper Murray on a point that like Nebraska lost a couple yeah. of times. Listen, it, and it might have been. I, I would recommend listening to uh, JB and Lawrence call because it tends to be, I think, the best experience at all watching volleyball, but I know it's hard to time up sometimes. There will be nothing like what the Fox football broadcast was on Saturday. I've never... (laughs) That was the all-time most shameless... I mean, have a little self-respect for yourself (laughs) before you bow to the throne of Deion Sanders. That was gross. Yeah, we can just... Just a general chat, just Colorado. Right, like... Put that there. Like, it's hard for me to even get into announcers after I saw one of the most disgusting, just completely, ugh. It was so gross. It was so gross. All right, back to the phones. I'm done on that. Uh, <laughs> Stacy is next. Good morning, Stacy. What's chapping your hide? Good morning. Good morning. Um, the person that, 
that talked about the volleyball uh, view from the end mm-hmm. reminded me of what chaps my hide because I like to watch softball. Yeah. And what chaps my hide is watching just the pitcher, catcher, and the batter. I want to see the whole field. Ah. I just I cannot stand just watching those three because I love looking at everyone playing. <laughs> yes. Right. Seeing the defensive alignment, seeing all that sort of well, stuff. Well, I right? have got a camera angle for you, and so does Indiana baseball. <laughs> it is an iPad just behind home plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of those BTN oh, really? Plus ones are rough, aren't they? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. We'll prob- Stacy, I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on softball this year, so we're probably going to come back to this one repeatedly in the spring. All well, right. Good. I hope they just show it from the angles from the whole field. That yes. Great. Yeah. I got it. Thank you, Stacy. I appreciate it. Have a good one. There we go. Oh, by the way, another volleyball one. Karen or Stanford's mascot. A color, not the bird. A tree. Lame. <laughs> Trent says people that you misuse I and me when speaking in the plural. Uh, he says, for example, the cake was baked, and I'd rather you than me. The easy rule to determine which is correct is to say the sentence. Uh, in singular, the cake was baked for me, hence the proper way is you and me. My mom was on me so much for this as a kid. I would say, my, my, my best friend's name was Marty in high school, mm-hmm. and I said, Marty and me are going to, the, going to the mall. Marty and me are going to the library all the time, and she was on me, and now I have it just in my head. And now I will, over use, I will use I sometimes when I'm supposed to well, use me. When you me. should be, yeah. Because it's not always in that situation. He's exactly right. That's the test that you use. You take away the, the other person and you see what would work. But, yes. Well, me don't agree. <laughs> me no like. <laughs> All right, back to the phones. They're busy today. Lori is next. Uh, good morning, Lori. What chaps your head? Um, good morning. It's the way grocery stores bag their groceries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these they, they, they always just like to use these plastic bags and supposedly they're an environmental concern for some and they don't break down. Well, I went to the grocery store this week. I bought three items of meat, none of which were very big, and they put each one item <laughs> in a separate bag. Yeah. And they just put a tiny bit of items in one bag yes. where it could easily, easily fit more than that. Um, they'll put things in it that you buy that are already in a bag. In a bag. It, just, <laughs> it just drives me crazy. Yeah. Sometimes I'll look at what's been the way it's... Thank you, Lori. I appreciate the call. Sometimes I'll look... It's Sometimes the bagging strategy is hilarious that you'll end up getting because you'll get like a, like a single block of cheese in one bag. And I'm like, why? What, that, what are we doing? That here? is the hilarious part about when you do... Like, we'll do the, the pickup so they, they bring it out to your car and it will be. It'll be like one can is yes, in one bag. That's when that really and happens. And then it is a loaf of bread and hamburger buns and hot dog buns all in another one. I'm just like, wow. We it especially done. happens with the online pickup for some reason, yeah. I think. I'm not sure. Which is, But I can't judge that one too much because when I do the self-checkout, it is how much is going to fit in this bag right yes. here. Uh, Rex says, I like this one. I don't think that we are meant to know everyone's opinions on everything. I don't think we need to know everyone's opinion. We're damned if we agree with the left or right policies by the other side. A person can't have opinions that differ from others. You're called a hater or a judge, and it's just gotten too ugly on social media. I kind of agree. There's a little bit of that that underpins this entire show sometimes. I disagree. I want to know whether or not to judge you some, immediately. Th- I, listen, you definitely get some of my opinions, but I'm not self-righteous enough to believe that I need to convince you and you are going to believe everything that I say and believe about everything. So maybe we can just talk about some of the things sometimes. Ask questions. This is how people talk in the world. 
And stop being so civil. But our this radio shows have turned into social media, essentially. Let us fight a little bit. Um, Mike says fans who are calling for Coach Rule to be fired were two games in, people. Chris says gas prices due to federal policies. Uh, Carla says when football teams dare to stand on the field, which they play, and Facebook's lack of sarcasm font. Uh, Julie says pink postcards in the mail. <laughs> That's about property taxes. Sandy says employees at stores and drive throughs that call you honey. I always kind of like that, but I can understand why you wouldn't. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. Oh, that Logan's. Then it takes more than three days. Oh, uh, that it takes more than three days for a med to be shipped from Omaha to Lincoln. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? All right, well, uh, that's it for what chaps right. Sorry, texters, we were busy today. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Wherever you go, it's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the morning drive presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three. K-L-I-N. All right, it's 739, and it is time to count them down. It is your morning drive, and we are going to do it right now, starting with number five. Nine students, two drivers, went to the hospital yesterday morning. A pickup rear-ended a school bus that was slowing to turn into a driveway on Highway 2 east of Palmyra. Oto County Sheriff Colin Cottle says multiple emergency units in Oto County and under mutual aid from Lancaster County, even LFR responded. Nine students, two drivers taken to Brian West. All but one have been released. Okay, good. Uh, and uh, one was admitted. Uh, that's all we know. We don't know whether it was a student or a driver. Uh, but that investigation continues. Nebraska State Patrol, the lead agency. So, I mean, this pickup, Mark, was obviously moving for people who saw pictures of this bus because it knocked it on its side, did it not? Yeah, that's uh, not unusual. Uh, okay. I, I mean, Jeez. I can see how if the bus was slowing down and starting to make a turn, you would hit it uh, from the back and would throw the back Man, end. The one thing I you have so. to realize is that school buses are kind of light on the back axles. Because, okay. You know, the, the, the engine sits up front on that particular bus, so that's where most of the weight is. And they're a little bit top-heavy, so when you get hit and start to rock, especially where it pushed it into a ditch, you've got the slant of the ditch, and, you know, it's, they can um, just slide over like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at the picture right now, and you can see this, gra- I believe, a gravel driveway that it was going to be turning on, um, and... It, it looks like it probably, yeah, it caught a little bit of the ditch before it even got to the driveway, and so gravity probably helped quite a bit there in addition to the impact and got it got it on its side. It looked like it was a major, major effort to get that thing pulled back straight up, too, yeah. so they could yeah. take care of it as well. They had to get what they call a, a lifter, uh, actually big uh, uh, tow trucks that have the uh, radial arm that goes out. They're able to pick, actually, uh, from what I understand, picked it up and then turned it uh, on its back on its wheels. So. Okay, well, it sounds, you know, between the discharges and between non-life-threatening injuries that um, it sounds like initially people are going to be okay here, so great to hear that. But I can't imagine getting a call as a parent, hey, you know, your your kid between the age of, uh, what, 5 and 14 it was? Yes. Uh, we're, we're on this bus. We're going to need you to meet them at the hospital here to, to get them picked up and hope they're okay so. well yeah and of course social media and, and the media was on this right away and when you have that many um, emergency vehicles responding into a rural or semi-rural sure. area uh, it it uh, conjures up yes. worst case scenario in your mind yep absolutely all right moving on 
number four. Assemble Lincoln is a new group comprised of local, state, and business leaders. They're uh, forming up to develop plans and hopefully come up with a location for a new convention center here in Lincoln. Uh, State Senator Elliot Bostar, the chair of the group, but also uh, Senators Bo Ballard, Anna Wishart, Governor Pillen's Director of Policy Research, Kenny Zoller, uh, Lynn Rex, who's the League of Municipalities Executive Director, uh, Sean Flowerday, Chair of the uh, Lancaster County Board, and uh, Congressman Mike Flood's District Director, Deb Shore, and former Lincoln Banker, Rich, uh, Rich uh, Eric. They are all on the board. Uh, they uh, also had mayor there yesterday as they announced this uh, new group. So a couple of things about this. I mean, this was kind of basically had a coalition of organizations, community leaders that were commissioning a, a, a report that we got a couple of phases of prior to this, um, talking about the impact, the potential support for, uh, for this, then the locations that were discussed. I'll get to that here in a second. I know that there was an effort in last legislative session, I think it was Senator Wishart herself, who brought a bill that would have gotten one-time funding, uh, about $60 million for the convention center. That didn't end up getting passed, if I recall correctly. And so, I believe that's correct. You still have the financial issue in addition to all of the, you know, how exa- who pays for this? How, you know, how does it get paid for? Are we talking taxes? Are we talking some kind of a public-private thing? That's going to be a big question that everyone's got uh, that this group is obviously going to study. Now, that part aside, um, the other interesting part to discuss, and you mentioned, is the location. Phase one of that study identified five locations, you might remember. Just to go over them again, Journal Star Production Building at 9th and Q, the Midwest Steel at 8th and N, the site adjacent to the Cornhusker Marriott Hotel, the site of the current downtown post office right by the arena, and then a location in the Telegraph District east of downtown Lincoln. I thought at one point there was also some point, some part of discussion of it being out on North 84th Street, too. Maybe that's not, maybe that didn't oh, I, make the further discussion. I, but I think there, that was uh, one possibility initially, but I but think the, they narrowed it down. They narrowed it down to the five, but yes. I think even the Pershing location was considered at one point. Yeah, that's true. Those were ones, but they, these were this study that they had commissioned by CSL International narrowed it down to these five. Now, it seems to me, Mark, and I'm curious what you think about this, it, it seems to me that a lot of the momentum, a lot of the discussion seems to be centered around the, the post office one, which also seems to be one of the most difficult ones to actually make happen, uh, given that the federal government is involved in this. And we've seen, you know, obviously, I know you talked to Mike, Mike Flood about this a few months ago. He was big on this. Mike Flood and the mayor were even get together on this uh, on some parts and figuring out potentially how to relocate the post office. But share with me, you talked a little bit about potentially maybe some other arrangements that have been uh, bantied about, at least. Uh, you talked about an episode of Lincoln Business Beat recently where they address maybe some of the, basically the land shuffling that could happen with this. Well, with the new prison going up north of the interstate, that area around the prison uh, going to be available. We the current ask, prison? The current prison, yeah. uh, 14th and Nebraska Parkway, generally. There's a lot of ground out there, but one of the uh, suggestions was consider uh, the post office because it's a distribution center. There's a lot more than just a retail location. A lot of trucks. A lot of trucks to uh, maybe consider moving uh, from downtown out to the area where the state penitentiary is and even consolidating that with the post office that's right there on, uh, what is it, 13th 
Ortiz and about Arapaho, okay, Calvert area, okay, uh, and and just move them kind of to the southwest there into that penitentiary area. Uh, that would free up the space downtown for a convention center, and it would involve federal and state lands, or even possibly uh, some other lands that uh, could be swapped, which we found out, you know, is something that the government agencies are allowed to do. Uh, that would also then, if you move the post office there from 13th and Arapahoe, Calvert area, that would open that up for further development uh, along that corridor. So that that was the one that seemed to... That's interesting. Uh, and, and especially when you consider the distribution center, a lot of trucks that uh, being on Nebraska Parkway, close to Highway 77 and, and getting back over uh, to the I-80, either yeah. direction, east or west, yeah. just seems to be a little easier to do from that location than it would be from downtown. Yeah, maybe. I, in principle, that seems like, a, seems like a good idea. But again, when the federal government is involved, who knows, right? Well, yeah. Just how difficult that is. And, 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 that, and that's what Mike Flood has been kind of talking yeah, about and working on for a while here. Yeah, he, he had a, a meeting scheduled, I believe it was, postmaster here uh, this summer while he was on on uh, recess. And uh, just before the scheduled meeting, the post office, uh, the postmaster canceled it, if I remember correctly. If you couldn't do the post office one, I feel like maybe the old Lincoln Journal star site is the second best one in that group. That that's kind of my gut reaction. It keeps to that, it in that whole thing. general area. It just it, it it feels like it feels like to attract. You've got to attract events there, right? And so when people are going to come and look at it, first of all, it's just going to have to look like a. It's going to have to look cool. I mean, that's a yeah. little. That's a, sounds stupid, but that's part of it. And then you're going to have to be able to tell. Well, we got X hotels. How close to this? You know, we've got X restaurants. We got X things to do um, that are close to this right now. When you bring your groups in there, that accomplishes. It's close enough that that accomplishes a lot of the same thing that the the post office one would. It's, I think it's a little less convenient coming in from the north because you have to. Get That's the fair. Uh, the other thing to consider a convention center. Oftentimes, when you have a large enough convention and use multiple hotels, they'll have bus service, a shuttle service that will come in there. Uh, that uh, production facility location not quite as handy as being right there on what would it be uh, uh, R Street, yeah, where the post office is, Pinnacle Bank Arena, yeah. Um, the other thing is that you've already got the infrastructure for PBA that uh, you know as suppliers, right? Yeah, uh, you know you could probably share some some of the supply mechanisms. That makes sense too. Yeah, I mean that makes. I, I get it why people say it makes the most sense. I'm just thinking, hey, if federal government never comes around on this thing, you're going to have to have a plan B at, at some point. But it, It's going to have to take some uh, serious pressure and alternatives for the post office to probably consider that. Number three. A bunch of counterfeit money being uh, used in the city yesterday. Eight to ten businesses had 20s and 100s presented for relatively small purchases. They wow. were fake. Um I think you talked with Officer Chad a little yeah. bit about it, but uh, Captain Max Hubka told me this morning that uh, happened uh, primarily between 1 and 6 yesterday afternoon. Uh, different locations all across the city seem to be uh, crimes of opportunity. Strip mall where you had multiple businesses that right. were hit. Uh, but some up around 27th and Superior, also South Lincoln. So these were getting around. It looks like it's the same two suspects that they've been able to see on certain video they're trying to get more information two black males 20 to 30 years old they're wearing covid style 
face masks and uh, pass the bills, get legit change, and are gone. So if somebody gives you a, what did you say, 20s and... 20s and 100s primarily yesterday. Somebody's giving you a 20, 100, hold that thing up to the light, make sure you can see the the little second face in there. They still do that, right? Yeah, and, uh-huh. and the, the larger bills, I think, also have the, uh, the little stripe in it, you know, the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. The where security they added strip. The, the security strip. I think that's strip 20s and, and above. You yeah. can see that, too. So you can see that. And, of course, I, most businesses should have the little fake bill pen that mm-hmm. checks them out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And at the very least, look on there to make sure it does not say, this is a movie prop. Right. Not real, mount, not real money. Or instead of, like, Ben Franklin's head, it's got Donald Trump's head or something. Oh, yeah. When they do those. <laughs> Mark passed those around. <laughs> not intended for legal tender at the time. But... <laughs> I know that. Make sure you at least make sure you've got the right president's face. You remember on when the, the bill when the Clinton three dollar bills came out? No, I don't. Oh yeah, that Wait, was what? Big. I don't. Goofier uh, than a three dollar bill? You no, never heard I, that? No, I was born in nineteen ninety. That was yeah. uh, that was back during the Clinton administration, and that was uh, one of the things that got you know fake money. But nobody gave it. I was playing Duke Nukem at the library. I wasn't paying attention to what was happening in the Nukem, White House. you were still pooping your diaper. Jeez. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Number whoa. two. <laughs> For the first time since 2008, Nebraska volleyball topped Stanford, five-match set in California. So what does that tell you, guys? Uh, uh, they're stupid good. I mean, I don't know. They were... That it's a bunch of freshmen uh, that are leading <laughs> this team and they're ridiculous. What am I going to say? It's... it's it's a ridiculously good team. They looked great. This is what it's like to be really, really good at something, and it's very fun. Well, it's, for for me, it was a outside of just all of whatever you said. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, analyzing it, the team is a nightmare to play against, Caleb. It is a bad dream to see that team on the other side of the court from you. When you're looking at what their ceiling is, because there are so many freshmen or sophomores and then a couple of juniors on the floor, it's how will they match up against some of these top opponents? What is the actual ceiling on this team when you're looking at can they get back to a Final Four? Can they get back to a title game? Can they win their first title in several years? What is the actual ceiling to go into Stanford and, yeah, it took four sets, but they handled that match. Like, Stanford was not winning that match. So you go through and you see, okay, they took care of uh, an opponent that they hadn't beaten in 15 years. Next up, can you do that with Minnesota and Wisconsin in the once you get into Big Ten play? That, yes. that that's your yes yes I believe I believe they can but those are your next tests they had not beaten a top five team they'd beaten one in the last five years six years I'm gonna tell you my mentality with this team now going forward after what I saw last night <laughs> I don't believe in jinxes I also know that very many times about being bullish on this team it's actually it's just paid off it just happens. I don't expect going into a match that I think they're going to... I don't expect them to lose again going forward. And you know you what can ha- call me a jinxer. You can call me whatever you want. But guess what? There's a really good chance that they're going to that they're gonna actually produce on that whole thing. You, and guess what? They are... They, it's like freshmen everywhere, Caleb. It's so ridiculous. These are, these are girls who were playing in high school last year for the most part. Freshman dig, freshman set, freshman kill. 
that that's what you got. And you know what happens if they never lose again? Natty, 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 Natty. Caleb, Allie Batenhorst is a great volleyball player. She did not get off the bench. And she'll play eventually, and she'll have her moment, and I'm going to guess she becomes a bigger... She was she was huge. Guess what? She was huge two years ago in the national quarterfinals at Texas to send Nebraska to the Final Four. She's not on the court during this match. She's essentially a healthy, a healthy non-play, a coach's decision non-play in this game. Put Nebraska in the Olympics, you cowards. I'm going forward with that mentality. People may not like it, but I don't care. It's fun. Because there's one place I don't get to do it. There's a lot of other places I don't get to do it. Number one. Well, what I'm take, referring to. It may take till 2032, but McDonald's getting rid of their self-service soda. No! What in free, the world? Free refills will be continued, but you're going to have to go back to somebody eventually. You- or it'll be a machine. They're trying to eliminate human touch. Oh, this is about germs. It's essentially uh, kind of a takeoff from COVID, and you know, reducing touch points. And so, ch- and apparently, Chick Fil A does this already. I didn't know. I don't. Apparently, I don't go into Chick Fil A enough. Chick Fil A doesn't have self service pop. No, they don't. Okay, I didn't know that. I just use their drive through. So. I remember the first time. I think Burger King was the first one to do it to bring out the self service pop. I'm not going to say soda. The self service pop. This is like in 1980. 1980- 84, 85, that was a game changer mm-hmm. at that point. And then everyone did it. I don't know. I don't really... I'm going to miss that. But we're not putting those Coke Freestyle machines everywhere, right? Because those things are... No. No. Those things are not efficient. Plus, you taste someone... Somebody made something weird like a grape root beer on their last person who used it. You can still taste it in your drink. Ugh. No. Well, that's why you 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 put it on water and then run it for a second so it rinses. Okay, listen, I don't need to clean your restaurant just to get my pop. <laughs> Unless you're going to give me a, some give me minimum wage or something to do that. I just <laughs> I don't like where it's going. I don't like where things are going in society. It's seven fifty six. Wait till you get old enough and you can order the senior drink. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to have somebody bring it to you. Sad. Seven fifty six. It's LNK today with Jack and friends. Uh, the morning drive brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Your home for Husker football is fourteen hundred and ninety nine three. Presented on KLIN by Liberty First Credit Union. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499 3, KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, before we get started with Allison, we got to do a Fantasy Huskers word to text in and win the uh, prize pack. Caleb, what's our word? Symphony. Oh, jeez. I spell them all. S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y. O-N-Y. Sorry. Symphony. You know, I know how to spell that. Got it. Spell that. I got it. In fact, Still perfect. It's, it's on my screen in front of me right now. I could have cheated if I, <laughs> if I wanted to because I've got to pull up the website so I can read this conductor's name here. Ed Pol- 
Polonchek. Be careful. Uh, Be careful. Let's see. He's he is in here. Apparently, keep it clean, Jack. Apparently, new with the symphony this year. uh, (laughs) Beginning. uh, Welcome to Lincoln, Nebraska. What do you expect from the symphony this year? (laughs) Only the best. And that's that. We we do only the best. You know, Lincoln has become such a focus in my life. I am, and I'm saying this over and over because I really, really love this community. This community kind of brings me back to my, as we say up in northeastern Pennsylvania, where I hail from. It brings me back to my roots. Roots. Because it's it, the the way people are, the way they, uh, kind of the values, the morality, the ethics, the commitment to things, community, and all that. That's where I, way I grew up back in the fifties. You know, eight. I'm talking eighteen fifties. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, we had and, uh, so, so, Oh, wait, 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 wait. Come on, I'm <laughs> right. not that old. <laughs> but you know, it's true, and it, 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 I can like never get enough of of it. And as I've now gotten to a point in my life where I, I just retired after f- over four decades as a full-time faculty member of the Peabody. Um, and I, I don't have my group in Baltimore anymore, and I don't do much even really with Baltimore Symphony. Mm-hmm. This has become a major focus, so I'm coming out earlier and staying longer. Right. And so, like even the next set that I'm doing in October, November, I'm staying the entire time. Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, I, I just love being out here because it, it's, for me, first of all, it's about the people. And, you know, it's also these people that are in my orchestra, which mm-hmm. I absolutely adore. Hasn't been an easy road in terms of rebuilding everything, yeah. you know, yeah. but it was ultimately a very easy way for me to make a long term commitment to this orchestra, to this community because of what it is and what it represents. Yeah. So I'm I'm thrilled to be How here. How many what's year is this? What your season is I, this for you? I'm on my 20 I'm here a quarter of a century, 25th Jeez. year. Yeah. And yeah. I you and I started doing our interviews in 2006, September of 2006. So sev- this is uh what 17, 17 for us. 17 yeah, years of the 25 we've been we've been doing this a whole time. Well, And you know, I don't I'm not blowing smoke up your butt or anything by saying oh, this. Oh, here, you know, here we go. You you're here, really the, one of the best 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 <laughs> <laughs> It's a good thing we're radio and not on television <laughs> we, 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 we one of the it's such a joy to be here you you're very special i mean you you get it you know how to pull things out of people and you're one of the most entertaining radio personalities that i've ever oh, dealt well, with thank you i love it i appreciate I it, it. I, I look forward to hearing from from you and, and everybody involved with the symphony and we get going with another season friday and you brought a guest in with I, you so maybe we ought to let her say some tell us who you brought with you i today. am so in love with this woman she, and, and 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 we <laughs> and we have done a lot of work together we've known each other for quite a while um and in fact she's not really a stranger to lincoln audiences either she esther heideman has been here several times. I think last was during the pandemic when we did a reduced version of another Mahler Symphony. I never thought of that, right? Mm. Uh, it was Mahler Symphony Number no. 4. Um, and uh, she sang My Last Messiah at the Baltimore Symphony. Um, we've traveled the world together and had a great time, and I'm, it's just a real honor and pleasure to have her back and introduce once again to Lincoln's Community Esther Heidemann, yeah. soprano par excellence. Yes, Thank great you. to have you here, Thank Esther. You. Thanks so much. I'm yeah, to be back again. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, well, well, first of all, for people who don't don't tell us a little bit about about you, your career in music, uh, and and what you've done. 
So I started off, actually, I'm from Wisconsin originally, okay. Wisconsin. Um, and so I started off, my first audience was singing to the cows. Okay. You know, I found they were very mm-hmm. friendly and they, they never ran away. They always came and listened <laughs> yeah. attentively. Um, but I started off in the Midwest and found my roots kind of going to state colleges in Wisconsin and Minnesota and then ended up in New York City. Wow. Um, yeah, that was a very abrupt thing. I, I, I entered New York with a moving truck during a hurricane. Oh my so, gosh. I mean, perfect timing. Um, but I ended up in New York and that things were just kind of taking off. This was in 99. So I think the next day I got a Carnegie Hall debut, which was just like wild, crazy, like wild. Wow. Yeah. Whirlwind. Crazy whirlwind of life. Uh, lived there many years, moved out of there, moved to DC, moved to Beijing, went back to DC. And now I just bought my first house in Virginia. So I'm moving out to small town nice. Virginia soon on the Chesapeake Bay. Just I'm I'm that kind of ready God's to just country. be quiet again. Yeah. And kind yeah. of it's gorgeous. Get there. out in peaceful farmland and nature again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about about the piece, Esther, that that you're going to be a part of here uh, with the symphony this weekend. So this is Mahler's Resurrection Symphony. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful, uplifting piece of music. It is unlike anything else he ever wrote. Somebody asked Mahler once to talk about and describe this piece. And they wanted him to to write down or speak about the piece. And he said, if I have to speak about the piece, then I don't need to write the piece because everything I need to say is in the piece. And oh, I think that that exactly. speaks volumes for this piece of music. It is the Resurrection Symphony. It is all about, you know, you may die, but you are going to be lifted up. You're going to be, you're going to rise again. You're going to feel happiness. You don't have to feel this downtrodden sadness. Everything is about rising up again and feeling that sense of rebirth and being oh reborn and feeling relifted or lifted but it's also just in the orchestral part leading up to it because you only sing for like the last 10 15 minutes well of the piece. no it's a little longer i mean a little it? bit longer but yeah. it feels like you're sitting there forever and you just everything else is just like you're walking you hear the marches of death you hear hell open up you hear everything in the orchestra, it is so crystal clear what you are hearing, even if you have no idea what it's about. If you just sit and listen, you will hear things you've never dreamed you could hear in a piece of music. Gustav it tells the picture. Gustav Mahler was was Jewish. Uh-huh. And uh, it, there was, of course, a lot of anti-Semitism at, at that time in history, um, just going into the early 1900s and uh, the turn of that century. And... Uh, he looked at this piece, he struggled with this. It took him years to write it. Um, and it's basically a journey. It's a journey of, of a person, of any person, uh, of the soul. Um, and uh, the, the idea of resurrection, um, of afterlife, mm-hmm. in a sense. Now, what, what really amazed me, and I, it, was, I was, it was later in life when I really discovered this, that Judaism actually has the concept of resurrection mm-hmm. it's not the same obviously as christianity mm-hmm. but it is there that there there that there will be life after death that your do- your physicality is gone but all the all of the joy uh that you can imagine and no more suffering etc cetera, etc cetera. so the peace begins actually as a, in the deepest darkest depths of death and it takes you then through this journey through life 
some of the reminiscences of childhood, some of the beauty, but also then the loss of innocence, and then the the, the way life has its struggles. Man. And then uh, there, there are two soloists in this. There's a, a soprano soloist, which of course is right. Esther, and then a mezzo-soprano, <clears throat> who's Susan Platz. Right. And um, uh, she has this very tiny, it's actually a very short movement <laughs> of only about five, five and a half minutes called Urlicht, which means the pure light or primal light, the real light, that leads us into this last movement that talks about um, the beauty of even after going through all the crap that you go through right. in life, it's it's worth it because you are going to be rewarded with the beauty of afterlife. <clears throat> And like I, I very often compare this piece to the great Beethoven Nine, the Choral Symphony, because uh, the word God is used in both, but not in connection to religion in any way. It's it's really the kind of all-encompassing term for the the greatest spiritual power, the supreme being. That you know, whatever you think of as the beauty of the other world or the mm -hmm. nether world or you know and so it it it's a text that transcends all religions and philosophies and ideologies and uh and it can be it could be something very religious for you too. sure i have to say that is it, it's one of the most challenging pieces i think to do in in so many ways with all it's huge huge forces one of the uh, really large orchestra off stage playing um uh, with with brass and percussion, there's we have a chorus of almost 250 on stage, and I want to talk about them just a mm -hmm. little bit. And the two soloists, soprano and alto, which I I look at as my two angels. I mean, I just, it, but it is, uh, it's it's almost like a, a film and a and a movie. You if you get into this, you, it's it's a kind of a life changing experience. One of the most important pieces I think to hear live. Wow. And you don't get to because it's so big that you, it's not often performed. Not easy to do. It, yeah, it, well, it just requires so much. There's so many moving parts to it. And I, I do I do want to do a shout-out to uh, Tom Trenny yes. uh, and uh, Paul Robinson and Kurt von Kampen because we have the choruses from First Plymouth uh, and Abendmusik, um, St. Paul United Methodist, uh, Nebraska Wesleyan Nebraska and uh, the Concordia, Concordia. Yeah. I, and I've I've been rehearsing them all separately, and now we combine them today, just before our dress rehearsal. And I'm I'm I, I'm I, I feel like it I'm sounds all, like a big chorus. Yeah, it's what, about 250. Hello, yeah, that's gonna make some. Uh, oh yeah, that's it's gonna, gonna make, make some an powerful impact, sound. You know, and and this piece goes from the softest sounds that you barely or that are barely audible to literal explosions. Okay. I mean, it's this is really. I mean, because I love to say this so often, and because I get so involved in the pieces of music that I'm doing. But this is really a piece not to miss because you don't have the opportunity in life to hear it live. Esther, this sounds often. like an intensely emotional experience, and I don't know where you kind of are. Your solo is kind of in the climax of the whole thing. But what's the experience like, and what's it going to be like when you get? This it's, this group, I know you've sang professionally before, yeah. you've done this, but what's that going to be like for you? You sit there forever, and then you come out of silence by having to sing in a very low range for a soprano, and yeah. you're, you're matching the choir, but you're not supposed to be heard. Okay. 
and you go from like your lowest range up to literally some of the <laughs> highest notes that you would normally sing. But in the span of just a very short amount of time, it is the most, I mean, I, I, I get goosebumps just thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. And for me personally, just this piece is so filled with emotion and deep emotion. And I was and personal telling, emotion, personal emotion, because I was telling Ed, this is my 9-11 piece. So the fact yeah. that we're singing it this week, I've sung it in the one month anniversary, the three month anniversary, the six month and the one year anniversary. And you and were then, in New York at that time. And yeah. I was supposed to be in the World Trade Towers. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my that morning worked there yeah. um, and we were going to meet for coffee on the second floor. And he didn't go to work because of some freak thing. And because of that, I didn't meet him for coffee. Oh, my goodness. Um, and so, like, this piece to me is so personal, so personal. It has so much personal emotion, having lived in New York at that time, uh, so much personal emotion. And experience. And experience, yeah. And right. just, yeah. And even just, like, getting out of New York after 9-11 and seeing the road signs and traveling. I had a concert a month later in Minnesota, this piece. And um, just traveling with that. It's also the piece that I made my debut in Europe on uh, singing wow. in So there's so many different connections yeah, that you have, so personal and professional. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm just thinking about just when you emotion of yeah, and and Esther, when you talked about sort of the the meaning of this this whole thing and and everything, I just right away I started thinking about you know there's so many people who have on their mind either you know people around them they've lost sort you start of get yeah. I, this sounds yeah. I'm, you know I'm in my forties but I think about death a lot yeah. sometimes yeah. you well, know and sometimes pure, circumstances yeah. bring that for people and it's so dark yeah. to think about and the way you're describing it makes me want to experience when, the 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 end of it <laughs> when you think of music music is there at our darkest moments for funerals it's also there at our happiest moments for mm -hmm. weddings we always involve music in the darkest and the happiest moments of our life for a reason because that music that vibration that sound yeah. resonates inside our heart in a way that nothing else can penetrate yeah. poetry can't do it tw quite to the same level and and nothing in life can penetrate to that level of response from our body and as far as healing is concerned and so Amen. i think a piece like this you're so uplifted at moments of it. It, it you can just sit there as a soloist i sit there and i just smile but then to be to be involved on the stage and and having that vibration of the orchestra and the choir and that many voices behind you it just comes through you in a way that nothing else can and it just elevates it that much more above like what you're already singing sure. about above like embracing the text but it, sure. it takes you to a different place it's an out of body experience as Amen. a soloist yeah. Yeah, on the stage true. that is so true that um, is well 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 put i'm out, i'm out of time uh, but it's i know well it happens with you sometimes <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you say that just to get rid of it. Like I said, I, I always look forward to symphony season starting. I ask one question, I leave the room and go get coffee and let the thing run. Anyway, no, guys, it, sound, it sounds like a great show. It's coming up Friday night, September 15th. A little bit later this week, we're going to give some tickets away as well. Uh, Esther, thanks so much for being here. And Lincoln, Thank we appreciate having, having your talent here. And uh, boy, it sounds like it's going to be a great show. Really looking forward to Thank hearing you. more it's about it. It's great to be back. Very yeah. special. Ed, Very we'll good. see you soon. You uh, will. Thank you so much, really. It's yeah. great to be back. Just fabulous to be back. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Say 25 will take a break. You're listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Listen to the Friday Hustle. First time. And now I've got them all in my own shoes. You can come in and try the Good Feet Feeling today. Comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief at the Good Feet store. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska Airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. 
All right, 58 degrees in the capital city. Welcome back to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sunny skies. And it's time to talk to John Bishop. Good morning, John. How are you doing today? Not bad. Not Whoa. bad at all. Good. That's good. It's um, a glorious day. It's Hey, listen. I'll tell you what. I got to watch a Nebraska sporting event last night where the team completely dominated in a big game and was the better team going away, and the future looks incredibly bright. So um, I woke up in the morning feeling good about that because it's not a feeling I don't, that I've I don't, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade. Okay. I mean, I, I, I know you're having a good time, and you should, and, and all, all the Husker fans should, but I thought it was very classless of Nebraska <laughs> after every point to huddle up and celebrate on top of Stanford's court. Yeah. And I think Stanford should have taken that well, more personally. And, you know, not only Stanford, uh, I, I really think the real aggrieved person in this case probably is Shadur Sanders because that is clearly sure. that's clearly an, uh, kind of a throwback, a callback to the original offending act, the prayer on the buff. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. You know, that that's I what agree. that was. So, that was the, so, that was a, that I, was a, the, the intended audience for those huddle ups. One person and one person only, and it's Shadur, definitely. Well, and that means um, bad news for Colorado State. I would take Colorado in the points this week. Um, uh, I don't think the uh, CSU Rams have a chance in hell because of the yeah, just the senselessness of uh, of Nebraska volleyball last night. That is a uh, that's a great point. Um, <clears throat> So I, I, I'm I'm curious, and I, I think we're still sort of up in the air as to there's kind of a wrench thrown in this discussion because Jeff Sims may or may not be dealing with an injury that may or may not be keeping him out on Saturday or going forward for a bit after that. We just we don't know a whole lot, so that's a caveat in this entire thing. But let's let's back up just a second prior to that, and I want to talk to you about sort of your interpretation of the decision that Matt Rule made, or I guess didn't make, which is making a change at quarterback during the Colorado game. It felt like the vast majority of people that you talked to were perplexed that he didn't do it at that time. Um, were you, like, did you think it was a completely clear, you know, uh, clear call at that time that it, it should have happened? Why or why not? And and then why do you think that he did d- didn't make that move at that time, as at halftime or even right after halftime? Well, it's a gray area. Um and and I know that a lot of folks pointed back to how Anthony Grant was handled after the fumble um, and then what was said in, in August uh, after the second scrimmage. But keep in mind, the quarterback position is handled differently than every other position on the field. You know, Nebraska boasts about, you know, rotating six, seven, eight defensive linemen uh, every game. Uh, we see how the running backs are rotated. We see how receivers are rotated. Quarterback is handled differently, um, and outside of some very unusual circumstances, you know, going back about 10, 15 years to how Florida, you know, was moving, shuttling quarterbacks in and out, um, that is the exception, not the rule. So um, that how you handle your quarterback is much different than hand, how you handle any other position on the team. That said, because those turnovers on Saturday were so elementary in terms of, you know, this wasn't a, you know, Colorado was throwing some wild, crazy defenses and causing confusion. This was, these were just elementary mistakes. And so that, that complicates the issue. 
just a little bit. Then you've got the fact that this was the quarterback brought in to run this offense. I mean, three weeks into Matt Rule's tenure, this was the guy he brought in. Uh, this is one of the first moves he made. Um, and uh, and so there's a little bit of ride or die with that. Also knowing that it is the second game, so there's a lot of different factors. I would have understood. I would have understood a switch uh, at some point uh, after halftime or after the last series when he threw the or after the series where he threw the interception. I would have understood it, but I also understand why it wasn't done. Um, and that's one of the hardest decisions any coach has to make because once once you sometimes once you pull that lever, you can't go back and and you're you're afraid for losing that quarterback for the rest of the season. Some might say, well, good, you know, he's a turnover machine. But it also speaks to the level of confidence that the coaches have in the guys behind him. Um Listen, and I know Matt Rule has said all the right things when it comes to Har- Harburg and, and and Purdy, but you know the proof is in the pudding. Um, you know there there is a clear delineation, a clear gap between you know QB one and QBs two and three. Uh, now, the, like you alluded to in the question, that decision may be made for him this week, and sometimes that can be a good thing, right? Where hey, you got no other choice. And and one of the questions I'm going to ponder in my head because I'm I'm starting to go under the assumption that it's going to be Harburg this week. Yeah. Um, and so if that is the case, my 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 question after that is beyond just absolutely just winning the game, which is the most important thing, no matter who's playing quarterback. What is the best case scenario? Is it that Harburg goes out and plays really really well? And creates a quarterback controversy, mm-hmm. uh, or is it you know, hey, he just kind of serves as a, um, you know, a placeholder, a um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't remember the term now, but you know, he, he's he he's he's just a distributor, and and you know, he doesn't really do anything special to win the game. Game manager, game manager. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Uh, is that the best case scenario? And then you bring Sims, a fully healthy Sims back the following week or, or whatever the timetable is going to be. I don't know. Yeah. Because judging by the discourse that is happening this week, um, with granted a fringe element of the fan base already, you know, making some really stupid statements. Um, there's a level of discontent that is very, very strong. And dare I say, it's very reminiscent of, you know, the Mike Riley years uh, in terms of, of impatience and not uh, allowing for grace or allowing for growth. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm torn a little bit as to what a best-case scenario is beyond obviously just winning the game. Yeah, and, man, you're, you're exactly right. If... In this scenario, if and there's some ifs here, but if Harburg were to to play in this next game, especially if Sims weren't able to because of injury, and you know, and they win the game, and and he, you know, he has he's prepared. They're they're playing uh, a, a, an opponent that isn't as strong as the the last two. It's a home crowd, right? He's he's amped up. He's dialed in for this opportunity, this that he always hoped would come, and and plays a really good game, like. I mean, John, it's just going to get, I mean, 
there's going to at least among the fan base, there's going to be a full fledged quarterback debate going on the entire rest of the year at this point. So I hope and, you're right. I hope you're right. Honestly, that. that's going to happen anyway, right? I mean, it, it it's just the the level at which it 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 happens. You know, now granted, if Harbor goes out and plays horribly and he has right. to be replaced, yeah. and you know, uh, then then maybe it changes some things a little bit, but. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a tough situation and it's why these coaches get paid an awful lot of money, uh, to make the decisions that they make. And, and listen, no matter what decision is made, you know, they have to live with the fact and everyone has to live with the fact that there's going to be people who are going to disagree, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to please everyone. So the most important thing that happens here is that whatever decision is made, it's one that, that Matt rule, that Marcus Satterfield, uh, you know, communicates very clearly to those players and very clear to, clearly to the team why it is they're doing what they're doing because all in all, it's part of the overall greater process of trying to establish culture. You know, they've done a great job of, you know, getting the guys to buy in and, and, and everything, you know, that we talk about in the off season. But that process doesn't end just because the ball has been kicked off for the season. I mean, right. that is an ongoing process that goes throughout the season. And, and, and how you manage your, your people, how you manage the game, um, you know, says an awful lot about that, too. Yeah, it, there, there's, there's been speculation. You, you've alluded to this with your first answer, but, you know, speculation. Well, you don't make the change because the upside is so much higher with, with Sims. Um, uh, or perhaps that you know you're so concerned about what the backup might you know may or may not be able to do just if it's that much of a drop off but i guess my contention is if obviously if sims gets better with the turnovers it's a very different story but if you're talking about three turnovers a game like i don't know i don't quite know what's worse than that john <laughs> like mm. I, I I don't quite know what a step down from. I mean, obviously, put me in quarterback in a quarterback. I'll have three turn. I mean, unless you're also talking about three turnovers again, anything where you're talking about reduced turnovers. If you're talking about three by the quarterback a game and probably one a quarter overall for the entire team, it, uh, no matter what a quarterback can or can't do, if you're improving on that, that's going to be an improvement. I think at this point in the overall no, success of the team. Yeah, there's no question about that because this is. This is an offense that cannot operate under those tolerances. Uh, you know, you go back and, you know, some of Nebraska's better offenses were, were turnover machines. But the difference was they were so explosive, they could make up for that. Plus, the defense was able to get a few turnovers back, and that's another subject that, that also, you know, is important to the whole conversation. But, you know, this is an offense that's going to try to limit possessions uh, and shorten the game. And so turnovers, even one turnover is amplified versus a more explosive offense that can, you know, score quickly or get basically make up for that turnover by scoring points. I mean, right. think about the drives, the scoring drives this year for Nebraska. <laughs> First of all, there haven't been many, no. but secondly, the three touchdowns, one was scored thanks to a great opening kickoff return, and then it, and it took a trick play. Mm-hmm. The other uh, was a long run by Jeff Sims, and the third was in garbage time with your backup quarterback. Right. Those are your three touchdown drives so far this year. They they desperately need a, quote, normal touchdown drive 
drives this right. week against uh, Northern yes. Illinois. Oh, my God. they haven't had that yet. I feel like that would sort of, I mean, there's a part of me that just feels like that having a multi, you know, an extended drive that ends up in a score from within the red zone. Like that alone would do something for at least the mental state of this offense. At this yeah, point, yeah, it's it's a must. It really is. That'll be one of my keys to the game this week. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So this is this is a it, it, the the situation's a little more harsh because Nebraska's offense isn't capable right now of making up for those mistakes by scoring quickly on the other end or just scoring a lot at all. Yeah. Um. So it's. I don't know. I found it hard when I try and and talk to either people or online or anything about the defense because there's there's a part of me that wants to recognize how you know how generally good they've been, especially compared to expectations. But the response is always something you know negative that it's it's all wasted or it's not as good as you think it ever. Or what are they going to do if they now always turn it over? But like if we can just focus for a second on what this defense is compared to what we thought it would be. And John, especially, I assume you talked a lot this summer uh, on your show just about how the the lack of, you know, the lack of being sure in what this defensive line could be, the lack of experience. I mean, my goodness, John, they pi- are piling up sacks out of that defensive line position. Like, if you would have told people about this defense in August, if they would have come and told me, you and me, oh, well, they're going to be leading the league, they're going to be leading the nation, I believe, in sacks, mm-hmm. right? They're going to be they'll be shuffling in 22 players on the entire defense regularly. Tons of them are, you know, guys, guys, freshmen are going to be contributing all over the place. Like, we would have been like, oh, they're going to be 2-0 and with a bullet at this point if we knew all those things. Well, look at the numbers. I mean, they're they're giving up less than two yards a carry. Um, You know, they lead the country in sacks. They've played well enough to help their team win two games. No oh, yeah. question in my mind. I know that I know that, you know, Colorado ended up with thirty-six, but a lot of that was they were getting worn out by the end. I mean, when you give up four free right. possessions and only get one back in terms of turnovers, uh, in altitude against a very amped up team, you're you're it's a recipe for exactly what happened. So um are there things that can be improved on? Yes. Third down efficiency is is, is bad right yeah. now. I mean, they're near the bottom of the country in third and getting teams off the field on third down. Do they need to get more turnovers? Yes. But given where they are in their growth process and given the circumstances of the season so far, it's hard to poke a lot of holes in what they have done because you anticipate if they have started this well that it will continue to grow and get better as the season goes on mm-hmm. because they've already gotten off to a, a a very good start. Again, they have played well enough to give their team a chance to win two games. Um, there's always room for improvement, but I don't know, honestly, you can ask for a lot more after two games given the nature of the changes that were made. Yes, Nebraska still has a lot of experienced, talented guys on that side of the ball that were inherited, but you know your point about the defensive line is well taken because that was a concern. The plays along the line of scrimmage. Jury is obviously still out on the offensive side, but on the defensive side, um, the results are coming back, and they're coming back very positively that Nebraska's front seven can can hold up 
against the Big Ten Conference. John, we were talking about, uh, at least I was, I was talking about the defensive line. I was like, I, I said this summer multiple times, like, this is by far the biggest question mark on the team. I'm very concerned. Yeah. They're probably, probably now behind the defensive backs, the second most solid room on the entire team, position wise. It's hard to argue. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just, it is. It's, it's hard insane. to argue. And they're playing, goodness sakes, John, they're playing like nine guys along that thing. Yeah, I mean, they're doing Van, everything that they wanted Todd to do. Todd Van Poppel's son came in and made a sack. I didn't even know he was suiting up. I mean, I geez. didn't either. When I saw, I, I was uh, I, when I saw him get the sack. I was, a, you know, first of all, I was I was happy for him, but secondly, I was cringing as to how badly Gus Johnson was going to butcher his name. <laughs> Not if he was a baseball card collector in the '90s like I was, he wouldn't have messed it up. <laughs> Uh, man, those Todd Van Poppel rookie cards. I thought I was going to make bank on those. Never really did. Uh, it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. All right. Uh, I'm already out of time, but good to talk to you, John. We'll look forward to maybe we'll have some more news today on exactly what that quarterback situation is. And if we do, uh, check out John and Josh on our sister station, 1620 The Zone, for immediate. The South Breeze, generally clear to partly cloudy tonight. Overnight low around 54, mostly sunny Thursday with a high near 81. From the 1011 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Brad Anderson. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, thanks to the Symphony Orchestra, John Bishop, for joining us today. Tomorrow's a Ticket Thursday. We got football tickets. 